Yeah, 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 look. I don't even know where to start. I took the rawest form of expression and turned it to art. My versus weapons like Tony, that's Montana and Stark. And I don't care about these haters, they just playing their part. Cameras rolling, I ain't trying to mess with the order. They say a sorta, kinda decent with it, I was like sorta. See, they dumb their compliments down cause they don't feel important. I just feel bad, they really try to hide the distortion. Look, you don't really gotta say nothing. Cause I already know, disabled, handicapped, I was still running. I hate you, gotta force them just to feel something. Acting like they down with you like you about to film something like I'm dealing with some theater majors I'm reiterating the dialogue you see in the pages I'm looking for fortunate you're listening to a brand new episode of threes from the ring I believe this is episode 47 it's your boy Chris J of course and I got my boy Trill Sav on here hola 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 alright so before we get into this episode NBA players that wore number 47. First player that pops up is a, is uh, Andre Karolinko, of course, cool. AK-47. So, decent player. He's the honest, the only one. Yep, Andre He's Karolinko. The only player well, of major importance. Some dude on the Cavaliers popped up, and there's no name to him. He looks Ooh. like a ball sack. Ouch. Yeah, so I don't even, they didn't even put a name with the picture. So, yep, shout out to Andre Karolinko, G. Uh, another player who was good but ahead of his time. Let's put it that way. But, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into this episode pretty much. Um, am I sounding distorted or I'm good? No, nah, you good. I'm not Okay, just making sure. Cause, uh, but anyway, so... Uh, before we get into wrestling, basketball, I have to let out a quick little rant. And football season's back. And it's good to have football season back. Gives me joy to see niggas hit each other. It reminds myself of why God put myself in a six-foot body instead of a six-five body where I could possibly went to college somewhere, going pro maybe. But... It also gives me a blessing to know that I can have full-on brain function and no CTE and I have my knees. But it brings me great joy that the season started with Chicago Bears. And if the season started as I thought it would, I would be playing this. I would be playing this. Every game, we get a W, I would be playing this. But... It's a very sad, unfortunately part where I have to play goddamn this. Because this goddamn team, whoo-wee. First, my boy Matt Nagy. He spent the whole goddamn offseason worrying about a kicker. Should have spent the whole damn offseason make sure to remember that we you drafted a running back. And he's pretty damn good. Shout out to David Montgomery, G. Spent, you literally forgot we had a running back. Forcing my boy Mitch to pass the ball 45 times. Why 45 times? Aaron Rodgers didn't even pass the ball freaking 30 up uh, past 30 times uh, in day victory, unfortunately. And defense gets no slander, no slander at all. They did what they're supposed to do. If only they was able to turn the ball over, we probably would have won the game. But unfortunately, that did not happen. But Matt Nagy let culture down. Mitch. My boy, you let me down. I still have hope. Still very much 
Super Bowl contenders. Very much. But if this offense does not get it shit together, this is going to be a very stressful season that I don't want to endure. But it brought great joy to me on this Sunday that I didn't have to watch the Bears, to watch some entertaining football, just to see the Detroit Lions tie with a rookie, blowing a lead at that, and letting a dude who's no taller than my wife uh, literally throw the ball along all over the place against the Detroit Lions. Um, it would be nice if the Atlanta Falcons beat the hell out of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, but uh, I think the Vikings are legit. And just seeing Tom Brady literally warm up without uh, Antonio Brown uh, on the Steelers just brings great joy to my heart as well. But good to have the NFL back. Um, but, yeah, but my Bears do better. Do better for me. Or I will legit probably end up in the hospital because of high blood pressure. I rebuke that in Jesus' name, but I don't need that type of stress in my life. But that's all. Let's go get back to our regularly scheduled program. And that is some wrestling talk. So this was a really, I would say, I would say, a lot of unexpected happened this week in wrestling in terms of WWE wise. So uh, trying to so raw. Um, trying to see. Let me pull up what happened. Let me pull up the thing first. Literally. So let's see. Here, September 2nd. There we go. Hold on, because I really want to make sure I'm not forgetting nothing as we record. But anyway, so Raw opened with uh, was supposed to be the tag team uh, with Braun and Seth pretty much signing a contract for the tag team uh, belt with uh, Rude and Ziggler. But the OC ended up popping up, beating their ass, and they end up having a match. I'm be honest. I flipped off because I really didn't want to see this match for the umpteenth time. So, uh, anything you want to say about that? Nope. I forgot it happened. All right. See, that's how <laughs> exactly. Uh, literally. So then, uh, Cedric Alexander gets jumped by the OC for no goddamn reason why at all. Racism. Uh, but which led to Cedric Alexander pretty much, uh, which pretty much set it up for, Baron Corbin more likely win against Cedric Alexander later on, but um, then Rude and Ziggler fought Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Surprisingly, Rude and Ziggler won that match, so nothing new here. Uh, Lacey Evans came back from a long hiatus and fought Natalia and beat Natalia, which was an okay match, I guess. Uh, Oh, ladies right is still the best women's finisher uh in the company. One of the best women's finishers in the company. Uh who? Uh Natalia. She actually beat Natalia? Hell yeah. It was a surprise. it was really weirdly a decent match. So I can not- believe that. I can believe that. I just can't believe she beat Natalia. Natalia just she out there putting over 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 people. Yeah. She ain't doing not mad at it. Like um, she's the women's division enhancement talent type person, so Cesaro type, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, then we had the Becky Lynch segment, uh, which led to Becky and yeah, which led to uh, that 
Sasha Banks coming out. Hold on, where's that Stephen A. Me? Hold on. <laughs> Dang it, wild. Oh, here we go. If you didn't feel that way when Sasha Banks came out, y'all don't know, man. That's all I'm gonna say. But uh, mm-hmm. later tonight, Becky and Becky Lynch and uh, Bailey tag team together, which yeah. Um, Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Like I said, Baron Corbin won, but this was a really good match. Really freaking good match. Um, then. Stone Cold's going to pop up on Raw next week or this week, depending on when you listen to the episode. Yeah, this week. So, pretty much to make sure, to moderate the contract signing between Rollins and Strowman. Uh, All I'm going to say is this is just going to lead to The Fiend popping up more than likely if storyline purposes are to be consistent. So, yeah. And then, what else? Viking Raiders beat up some jobbers again. And let's see. Oh, then this was Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Real good match. Slapped. Slapped. Uh, really Slapped. Good. So, uh, which, really yeah. And really good finish, uh, keeping both of them safe and strong. Uh, where it ended in a tie, a double pin, which, uh, Leads to a triple threat match for the Raw final of King of the Ring. Uh, see, then we had a Firefly Funhouse where pretty much Bray Wyatt teases. <laughs> it's pretty much after they announced that, uh, like it was over Twitter last week. Uh, whoever's hosting Hell in a Cell said Bray Wyatt's challenging Braun or Seth. Uh, they played along with that. And and Devil Vets popped up, and he Bray Wyatt fed him money. Hey, and that was hilarious. Like that was very hilarious. I have that in my meme video, uh, vault for the perfect time. Honestly, matter of fact, forty ball, forty ball, <laughs> forty ball, baby. What you finna do for this forty Come ball? On. What I'm you gonna do for this 40 ball? Bitch. What you trying to do for this 40 ball? Yeah, 40 ball. Yeah. Tell me what you gonna do for the 40 ball? 40, 40, 40, 40. 40 ball. Bitch. Anyway, so moving 40 on. 40 ball. Uh, sound bite. But anyway, uh, let's see. I really don't care about the Ray Mysterio segment. Miz beat Cesaro. And pretty much this ended the night. Becky Lynch and Bailey versus uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, pretty much Lynch and uh, Bailey won by disqualification, which eventually led to Sasha Banks coming out, beating the hell out of Becky Lynch with a chair again, which I'm all for. And, uh, this led to the greatest plot twist that I wouldn't expect, but in a way, little ways they were teasing. Bailey goes heel and slaps the hell out of Becky Lynch with the chair. And... <laughs> I didn't expect it. I and arguably, I would say it's technically. I wouldn't even say she has gone heel. She was just looking out for her best friend. Like, this plain and simple. She. I wouldn't really even call it a heel turn. If we follow along Bailey's character the past, since she's got in the belt, she has done heel like things while still be a face 
and like I wouldn't I wouldn't even say heel like things, but aggressive type things, which can come off heel esque, but not necessarily heel. But she was just looking out for her friend and did what she had to do to make sure her friend becomes a champion just like her. And I'm not mad at it in the slightest. I'm cool with it. And eventually it will lead to the great Bailey versus Sasha Banks fight that should happen at the Survivor Series where they do champion versus champion, right? For the brands. Normally. Yeah, so I'm not mad at it at all. So I'm cool with that. Um you could uh give your takes on that if you like. I think it's cool. Uh, my whole thing is I'm waiting for Bay to come out in her fashion overdress, uh, shut the world on fire. But uh, really, I'm just happy. It's the the hottest storyline is a women's storyline at the moment, mm-hmm. overshadowing everything. Um, and that means it, it, that also shows that almost every title has a really really good storyline going with it. Mm-hmm. Or it's not having a good storyline going with it. It's a developing storyline, like with Sami Zayn and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura with their situation. So I'm 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 content. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm content. Uh, I can't. I, I want to see more. I can't wait to see what they can do next with the situations that they do have. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Forty yeah. ball, man. Definitely agree. Uh, but yeah, so then SmackDown pretty much was opens up with Bailey coming out. Uh, pretty much giving her take on what happened. Uh, the crowd still cheered for her, <laughs> but I'm gonna keep it G real. This was even a heel. Uh. This wasn't even a heel promo. It was just Bailey being Bailey, and even she admitted in the promo, she Sasha Banks is her best friend, and nothing has changed. She's literally, and just still cut a heel promo. Charlotte came out, proceeded to cut a heel like promo, further solidifying who's the heel and face in the situation. Uh, then Sasha Banks came out once again. Uh, hold on. And uh, then Charlotte tried to jump Bailey. They beat the, they beat her ass. I mean, uh, Sasha and Bailey end up beating Charlotte's ass, and we move on. Uh, and then this is where things got extremely weird. Um, so Elias versus Mustafa Ali. Good match. Very good match. It ends with Elias winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't have a bracket no more. Nobody has a bracket no more. I don't think anybody bracket is correct no more. The moment that this happened destroyed a lot of people's brackets, I believe, especially if, especially as we get to later in the night. But uh, let's see. Then Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross be, uh, fought Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Uh, they actually in, in a non-title match, uh, which led to Mandy Rose and, so- and uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville winning. Uh, 
I really refuse to really call them fire and desire. That just sounds tacky. Uh, see, Randy Orton, uh, pretty much cut a promo. Uh, then here's the next wacky part of the night. This is what solidified that everybody's king of the ring brackets died. And, um, all I'm gonna say is Andrade versus Chad Gable. And if you sit there and tell me that Chad Gable was going to beat Andrade, who is at this point my favorite to win King of the Ring outside of Baron Corbin, I probably would have had, would have probably said, but Chad Gable beat Andrade. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. I right, look. Like I said throughout the window, yes, I want to draw the ring, King of the Ring, but it'd be like that sometimes in the sense of it's crazy when you think about it. Oh, uh, uh, what I was about to say, um, uh, I don't know. They're doing a good job with creating stories within stories in this King of the Ring tournament. Yeah. That's Especially with Chad Gable. Do I think Chad Gable win it all? No. But if he do win it all, is, is that a great story? Yes. Um, they're also doing a lot with a lot of the, the shorter people. So people can't get mad and say Vision Man doesn't like short people. Because mm-hmm. every short person on the roster has a storyline. Literally, every short person on the roster has a storyline. Very true. Uh, Cedric Alexander might be going for the U.S. title soon. Ricochet is in the King of the Ring tournament doing his thing, just coming out of a U.S. title run. Um, Chad Gable, who is probably the shortest out of the short boys, he's having his story go through in the um, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, just a whole bunch of you know, good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good what's going on for them. Yeah, it's shocking, but hey. Um, so, at this point, depending who wins uh, the triple threat on Raw, uh, which if Barry Corbin wins... We're more than likely getting Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> what the slap? It'd be interesting because literally I would love to see the setup. Well, then it won't really be much of a setup. Damn. But setup or what? Well, I would like to see a promo lead with Baron Corbin just mocking uh, Chad Gable. Mm, yeah. But yeah. But uh, moving on, SmackDown, Alistair Black, uh, a rare Alistair Black appeared, and Black Max, Sheldon Benjamin to hell, and won by pinfall. Um, then we get a 24-7 title moment where Bo Dallas won. Uh, then Shinsuke fought. Who the hell is Andrew Howard? Enhancement talent. Okay. Uh, yeah, he won. Uh, Shinsuke won. I then, saw that. With Sami Zayn doing uh, the commentary. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that, so but it came off well. I'm not the biggest fan of that commentary when people are 
still uh uh like screaming so like when somebody's commentating live with the microphone next to the match so that's not you know microphone and stuff like that. oh so, i get yeah. what you're saying yeah yeah so Sammy Zane was saying, oh you see that that's a good kick yeah and i'm like mm, yeah oh. i don't like that no i don't guess like commentary yeah i get what you're saying yeah I would say they don't do it as often as they used to. Like that was a classic attitude, ruthless, ruthless aggression era type thing. So, uh, see, so Shinsuke won. Drake Maverick won the twenty four seven belt again off B team, which led to our truth becoming a fourteen time twenty four. I think it's, he's at fourteen now, twenty four seven uh, title champion. Shout out yeah. to our truth, like excellence, and. Then this is where we get the Daniel Bryan, uh, the end of Raw, where I mean SmackDown, where Daniel Bryan comes out, uh, pretty much calls out Roman Reigns, and then Eric Rowan pretty much comes out, beats the living daylights out of Roman Reigns, uh, and oh, by the way, Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan's fighting each other at Clash Champions, and I'm not looking forward to it. Oh no! I don't, we might get swerved. We might not. Who knows? Yeah, the, I would say this: Roman Reigns makes raw, talented big guys look good. Cough, cough. Braun yeah. Strowman, uh, when he was first getting his mega push, so it could slap if it's five, seven minutes. So, but yeah, uh, but Eric Rowan came out, beat the living dog crap out of uh, Roman Reigns. And to the point where even Dan Brown was like, yo, what the hell's going on? And Eric Rowan was like, just choke slam, well, claw slam that nigga through a table. And we finally heard Eric Rowan's theme song as SmackDown. I didn't hear that part. Oh, yeah. He had theme music. I didn't know he had theme. I didn't know he had his own theme music. So, but yeah, so ended with Eric Rowan looking strong, uh, good way to end SmackDown because we already know he's going to get Superman punched uh, at least a good four times. But yeah, so that was up for Raw SmackDown this week. I did not watch NXT this week. Uh, No, I didn't watch NXT this week. Did you? Uh, I no. Okay. Oh, crap. Trying to remember if I did, but I don't think I did. I think is this the week where um when uh Adam Cole went against Jordan Miles? I'm not sure. I think that happened this week. I don't know. I know for sure I'm gonna catch you next week on USA. That'll yeah, it's gonna be easier then. But yeah, but yeah, but um we'll give you NXT recap next week more than likely. But anyway, uh and then other wrestling news before we get to we remember. Chris Jericho lost the AEW belt. And this They time. laughing at you, nigga! <laughs> Freaking clown ass nigga. Clowns, G. Uh, yeah, so pretty much quick summary of the story because I really, this is just goofiness at its finest. Chris Jericho is at supposedly a Longhorn Steakhouse. He left the belt in a limo or something like that, if I recall correctly. And somebody got hold of the belt, took it, 
and Chris Jericho didn't know where it was. And people, it could possibly be a work. I would say, doing how goofy these mugs can be sometimes and just the little rawness of this organization, I believe that this was not a work. It was just a big fat ale that they just needed to hold. And it sucks. <laughs> but the fact that literally it happened to Chris Jericho makes it even comical. So that's all I got to say in regards to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know. I don't I think Chris Jericho handled it extremely like, professional. Yes, he should. He he he, he tricked the fans to thinking it was a work, um, uh, which is good. Um, he is the he's like legit the only star coming out of all their paper stuff, uh, yeah, which is a good thing. Which I which they really really need. Um, I I I'm just gonna keep it real. I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Jericho, so I'm not about to be you know going crazy over the the bubbly. Mean, um, uh, what else though? Um, the crazier thing is that Cody Rhodes will be going against Chris Jericho at their next paper. I believe it's in October or November. November. <laughs> Look, I understand why because they when they first made announced that they was a company, they mentioned title shots will be based on win loss percentage. Cody Rhodes is undefeated. So, yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. But do mugs really want to sit there and watch Cody Rhodes fight Chris Jericho? No. I don't care who says they are. No, I never met one Cody Rhodes stand unless they stand the fact that he's anti-WWE. But that's it. Like I haven't met like a legit Cody Rhodes stand, uh, if you are a Cody Rhodes stand, there has to be a valuation in your brain, because it's stupid that you're a Cody Rhodes stand. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to see what else is. That's really it. It's, like, everything, because my thing is, like, that you do it off a of win-loss because you're trying to satisfy the people who think wrestling is a sport. And yep. it is and it ain't because, um, you know, it's staged. Like, really, really staged. Uh, but, um, where I look at that, and you have people like, so is Dean supposed to be a mid-carder? Because if Dean's a mid-carder, then that's everything that Dean Ambrose did. You know, that, that went against the L. Yes. Pac or AJ never supposed to be a Rick Carter because like they're gonna have to get a TV belt, which you know U.S. titles, you mm-hmm. know things of that nature. So is those people Mick Carters? Is Kenny Omega Mick Carter? Because the reason I'm saying that, and this is when I mean that, oh, it, it, these people, the wins matter. If Cody Rhodes, I mean not Cody Rhodes, if Dean Ambrose beat Kenny Omega. That means Kenny Omega has lost three matches in a row. <laughs> Kenny Omega should not sniff that title. If, he ain't going to sniff the title for at least a good until January February? Or if yeah. That, 
Okay. So, Hangman Page, back of the line. You give him a man, man who cares? It's Hangman Page. Um, and then who else? Like, so if, so, if it's the person with a streak, then you have Dean Ambrose versus Jericho, which is something no one wants to watch. And what do you do with Cody Rhodes? Because Cody Rhodes only has one loss. And, like, because that win-loss thing is, is stupid. Because it's not like UFC where these people fight, like, once, almost every six months at the most. So, like, you 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 put that into perspective, and it don't make sense. Because you can't, because your biggest stars, they, they, this is what they're going to suffer from. Their biggest stars going to eventually have to lose. Mm-hmm. And if you have Dean Ambrose lose, and he's not fighting for a belt, if he's not feuding with Chris Jericho, then them two, that's your two biggest stars, which they are, not starting. But your, your, the cream of the crop, Kenny Omega, the best wrestler on the roster, though I say probably Angie Neville's better than him, what is he going to do? Is he going to get a TV title? And to keep it but, is Kenny really worth a TV title? Because if you're getting no. a TV title, you're wrestling every night. Not That's your sole that, purpose. You know, yeah, you're a workhorse, stuff like that. But I mean, like, if, if they do a, 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 a AEW Intercontinental Championship or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. or a light heavyweight championship, are we really keeping a buck? Are we really going to sit there and, and be cool with that? Like, see Kenny Omega... As a mid Carter, or as an upper mid Carter, when everybody in their mama said he shouldn't have got the AEW, I mean, he should have got the, the AJ Styles treatment in WWE. Like, this is stupid. If his story is saying that this new style of wrestling is 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 harder than Japan style, which is hilarious at that, because these niggas are the ones who held Japan style competitive. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's the storyline, then that's cool and dandy, but. That still doesn't make sense when wins and losses matter. So, like, it, the the win loss matter thing is stupid. It's just a play with the fans. It's going to get it's going to get what you It's going to get broken in a matter of time, just because win losses it, it don't matter in wrestling because it's scripted. Yep. Somebody could tear their freaking ACL and you got to The next man got to come up. If yep. God darn. Cedric Alexander has the most wins on Raw at the moment, but Braun Strowman can't wrestle Seth. Is we have a Cedric Alexander because of that? No. So, all of that's a real stupid situation they're going to put themselves in. It'd be really cool to see how they get themselves out. Because, you know, I love seeing people, you know, go through adversity and, and get rid of adversity, all that type of stuff. But all in all, what the heck? It, who knows? Who knows what, what's to come in the next few months? Probably they proved me wrong, and I'm sitting here saying, "Man, AEW is almost as good as NXT." That's crazy. So <laughs> you do good though. Yes. But uh, yeah. So that's that. Nothing else to really add. Um, we'll see where it goes. They had. They'll be. That first episode is a month away, I believe. So. We'll see where it goes. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Uh, we remember. I really gotta come up with some theme music for this. Uh, 
So, uh, since this was your recommendation, uh, yeah, I knew you was gonna say that. I knew you was gonna say that. <laughs> Either I could do it if you want me to. I lead it, so it don't make a difference. No, right, I'm gonna do it. All right, but uh, all right, we, all right go ahead. All right, you want me to do it? All right, yeah. so this on this episode of you remember, we 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 remembering the guy who came out. What's the thing? What's that thing called? A scale? The, huh? Oh, wait, the little uh, moped. The God damn it. What you call that thing? Nigga, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Speedway or something like that? I don't know. If, you, if you've been in downtown Chicago, you've seen some white folk on that for no goddamn reason. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, uh. That guy who came out in the Segway, I think it's called. Yeah, there we go, Segway. Uh, uh, he was on WWE TV for what he was most known as as the the uh, he was known as Simon Dean, but he was known as like some weight loss or something like that, some real fitness guy. Look, yeah. man, I remember I was watching something not too long ago on this week, and I saw Batista flexing, and I saw him in the background looking at him. And I was like, oh, yeah. That guy actually wrestled for the company. And that's the only time I remember anything. Uh, his Michael Bucci. Uh, he's a semi-retired professional wrestler. He's a part of ECW uh, and WWE. He was um, in ECW known as Nova Supernova and Hollywood Nova. Um, he was a, probably a gimmick character, which is cool. He kind of like AJ Styles' picture, which is really, really cool, um, which I have no problem with. If you are able to make the masses laugh, you should have no problem with making the masses laugh because at the end of the day, it's entertaining. Um, uh, he was trained in a professional wrestling by Mike Sharp. I don't know who that is. Wrestled in the independent circuit for a lot. Then in 1995, 2001, he was in the... Uh, in ECW uh, as Nova. Uh, he was a superhero character. Uh, he paired with Raven, Steve Richard, I mean Stevie Richard, and the Blue Mini as a part of Raven's Nest faction. Um, uh, uh, they also parodied the New World Order, uh, which they called themselves the Blue World Order, uh, which is BWO. Um, and and he himself parried Hollywood Hulk Hogan, so he called himself Hollywood Nova. Um, and he also called himself uh, Big Stevie Cool. Uh, <laughs> no, that was Stevie. Stephen Richards was Big Stevie. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. And the Big Blue Mini was the Blue Guy. And they, they did they thing. Uh, <laughs> The Big Blue Mini is somebody else we're going to do in the future. Episode. Yeah, don't worry. I, he, he was in and one of my... And that nigga Booger. And that nigga Booger. Uh, I, used to, I used to be disgusted when I seen them dudes come out in like the old... When I watch old Attitude Era. And I see the Big Blue Mini and that dude, that big fat dude they call it Booger. I'm like, this nigga look like he don't wipe his skin. Um, yeah, but he did some stuff in uh, NXT... He did some stuff overseas. I'm about to talk about because I don't think anybody care about Australian wrestling. Um, then he got into WWE. Started off in OVW, and then throughout OVE, he, he was actually he defeated the prototype. 
which is freaking John Cena for the OVW Heavyweight Championship. He has the title for several months, retaining it in the matches against the prototype Christian, Lance Cade, and Chris Conan. And if y'all be able to tell me who the heck those dudes was without me clicking the link on Wikipedia, then hey, that's what's up. Uh, before he lost it to the job to the the Jama. I gotta see who this dude is. Who the heck is the Jama? I'm about to Google it right now. Daniel Richard Holly. That sounds like a freaking anime villain name. The, the yes, yes. Just you ain't got You ain't got to. It ain't worth it. Right. Um, <laughs> he tagged team with Aaron Stevens. What the heck is this? That's Damian Sandow. He tagged team with Damian Sandow. <laughs> uh, in June, I mean, he tagged team and he won. The, um, he defeated the uh, the OVW tag team champions Tank Tolan and Chris K. Tank Tolan. Yeah, I've never seen Tank Tone in my life. I'm sure he's probably not alive. And Chris Cage. Uh, yeah, don't know who he is. Trent Beretta. Oh, hello. Trent Beretta sounds familiar. It do. Huh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then he began his fitness expert gimmick, Simon Dean. The name was inspired by Dean Malenko's real name, Dean Simon. In August 2004, some introductory promos, the Simon System and program Diet and Exercise Supplement were aired on WWE television. The promos parody fitness information with Dean routinely insulting his supposed customers. During this game, he acted as a sponsor of Raw, occasionally wrestling after first insulting the fitness of the crowd in the in the area in which they were located. After making only one minor impact while brand he tag team Maven, who was supposedly used the was a user of the Simon system with still only minor impact maybe she was traded to SmackDown on uh, June two thousand I mean June two thousand five. Um during a WWE produced ECW pay per view one night stand Bush returned as Hollywood Nova, the blue guy. And Stevie and Big Stevie Cool as the BWO during the event. Joey Styles made a reference to Simon Dean character after the Bootsy was hit with two chairs. Styles said that was more painful than having to be Simon Dean on national TV. Bootsy moved to SmackDown, draft, blah, 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 blah. He did some stuff velocity, blah, blah, blah. Great American Bash. These niggas beat the Mexico or something. I'm like, that, that episode was problematic when we got a couple of them. Um, there's some stuff against Booker T. I'm looking for this. There's some stuff against Bobby Lashley. Probably got beat. And in August 2006, Bushi took over the Tommy took over for Tommy Dreamer as the talent manager in WWE. Bushi parted ways with the WWE. So yeah, he did his thing. Um, all in all, and this is the thing about this: we're not even though we slander. This is out of love. We technically not slandering these. The fact that we remember these. After the years and years and years ago when he was on TV. Like, the last time he was on WWE TV was 2009. Ten years ago. No, 2007, I believe. Ten years ago. Yeah, August 31st, 2007 is when he parted ways with WWE. So that's, what, 12 years ago. And we remember him. Um, Which shows that even though that man came out a segue, whatever this thing called, and 
all I remember him is getting Goddard Batista bond when Batista was midway drinking protein. That means you had some impact in our wrestling mind. So, um, Steve Bashumi, did I say did I get his name wrong? I have to send this whole entire thing. Uh, Mike Bucci, Bucci, whatever your name is. Mike Bucci. Uh, we remember you. You definitely do, man. Definitely do. I'm looking at his uh, championships. He did not get one single miniature tag team title reign in WWE. It's tough. That's unfortunate. So you can get a WWE tag team title reign. Exactly. Like even if it was like a two week reign, you you got that mug at least. Definitely back in that era. Whew. But shout out to Simon Dean, Mike Bucci. You're remembered. Um, so that's it for wrestling this week. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, let's just talk about the Khabib UFC Khabib. <laughs> that's what that literally. I watched like. Three of the main matches, plus uh, including Khabib's. Khabib was the only match that I cared about. Uh, he watched folks. He watched folks. It was, a, you know, that second round. Dude, I don't remember Buddy's name. What's Buddy's name again? Dustin Poirier. Yeah, Dustin Poirier. That second round, that first round, he legit, I was like, yeah, he, he should have lost that first round. Like, it should have been. But uh, the referee gave him a chance. Then that second round, he came out swinging, and then Khabib was like, yeah, bro, not uh, not not gonna I'll work. I take you to ground. You don't come back. To- <laughs> exactly, <laughs> literally, that was the strategy. And then third round, uh, he almost had him, even though like he almost had Khabib. And then Khabib proceeded to say, "I'm gonna do what you try to do to me, and I win." And that was the moral of the match. Uh, but yeah, shout to Khabib. I see why he's undefeated, uh, and why that. Um, our boy McGregor messed up by literally uh, tweaking on folks because dude is really probably one of the best is probably top three in UFC right now easily. Um, uh, John Jones and then who 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 is better than Khabib? Like okay, John top Jones two. Because of top two. There we go. Top two. Things of that nature. Yeah, John Jones because of legacy things that nature. Uh, clearing out his whole division. Khabib has done the exact same, also with an undefeated record, also with no history of pits or crack or anything. So, Khabib, I still say John Jones is the best person in the UFC. Hand down. But Khabib gives him a run for the money. Definitely. And he's just so good. Khabib is really one of the best fighters out there. Um, I, man, I have to rewatch this pay-per-view, dog. This thing came out like in the middle of the day, because I don't even know where it was at. It was at, I think, but Dubai. It out, yeah, it came out in the middle of the day, and I'm like, what the heck? Um, uh, dang, Big Ben got assaulted by Brady at the fuck. What I mean by that is, like, the the, the Patriots slapping boys. Yeah, they definitely um, are. I need them, uh, <laughs> too, because uh, in my one of my fantasy leagues, I'm going against Baki, and he has a uh, Bathroom Ben and uh, Juju Smith, so I need that L. Um, but um, what about to say? Uh, that's what I was about to say before I read that on Twitter. Oh, um, yeah, Khabib is just really, really good. I think he goes against Tony Ferguson next. Probably the only fight you can make that's not that's like a super fight. 
But this, I think, will be the fifth try. Like, that fight is cursed. Like, they, every time they try to fight, instead of somebody either get injured or sick, and then it's an interim fight. I think Tony Ferguson lost the last time they had an uh, interim fight was replaced who, when somebody replaced Khabib. And I think Khabib just ran through. Um, I think it was I. I. Quinton. He didn't run through. I. I. Quinton is still the guy who gave Khabib most work. And I think he lasted five rounds with Khabib. Everybody else is legit just getting mauled. Um, but, yeah, Tony, Tony Ferguson is probably next. Um, uh, I'm trying to see what else. Oh, so, but just in UFC news in general, uh, some of the fights – we still need to look out for. Uh, so, uh, um, uh, right now, Dana White just uh, just um, announced probably the biggest fight. Other that, it's definitely the biggest non-title, and it's probably bigger than. Uh, it's probably bigger than um, most title fights. Uh, we getting Jorge Masvidal. Versus Nate Diaz. That is going to slap in every way possible. For people who don't know, if y'all don't know who the heck these two dudes are, Jorge Majidal is the guy that needs Ben Arskin in three seconds. Ooh. And, and Nate Diaz <laughs> is know. the guy who stopped and slapped Conor McGregor the first time and proceeded to just beat him. What's that man name? Um, what the heck is his name? Like he just be a former champion, put it like that. And Nate Diaz was like was out of fight for like three years. But yes, that is the next big, uh, like the that's probably bigger than the next big title fight. The next big title fight is Robert Ridicule versus Israel Sanja. Yeah, that's that's UFC two thirty four. I mean two forty three. Uh, it should be really really good. Uh, yeah, I hope Israel Sanja win because he's black. Ryder Rivercook can take punches, dog. So he might be the favorite going into that. Uh, when it comes to fight night, the only big fight night that um, that is is the the next one. No, no, no. It will have to be. Yeah, it'll be the next one, which would be um, Donald Cerrone versus Justin Gagey. Just two like real killers going at each other. Um, probably Justin Gagey win this. This is like, I guess whoever wins this will be going against another contender. And probably like two fights away from the title. Um, after uh, two forty three, uh, the New York card two forty four. Yeah, uh, it is deadline about uh, Jordan Montreal and Diaz. Yeah, Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker, which should be a fun fight. Um, Kevin Gaston, Darren Till, which should be a slap fight. Um, Derek Lewis versus uh, Evenoff, really good fight probably. Uh, it will not that card would not have a title fight on. The main event would just be George Mazzavis and Diaz. And uh, Dana said he just planned on stacking that card with just good fights. Um, and then after that, we'll have uh, in UST 245, December 14th, Amanda Nunez versus uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Dumas. Guess who's going to win that? Amanda Nunez is going to beat the daylights off this woman. She's the, the Jermaine Durandry is uh. 35, so it's, it's yeah. Uh, she got a higher reach, but Amanda Nunez, she looked she like, just um, what's that Brazilian fighter? Uh, Cyborg? No, man. Um, 
He's in heavyweight. Well known. He's old as hell too. Um, you said she looked like him or look like him. Dos Julia Dos Santos? No, he's somebody else. He's been fighting for a long goddamn time. I don't know. Who he has. Yeah, about? I can't think of a dude's name. Like, like who's who no. the last fight you? He fought. Damn. Or anybody he. Dos Santos. Uh, is just the guy that um, Randy. No, no, Randy Couture. Not guy. Don. No. What you call it? Brazil, uh, he's Bigfoot Brazil, Silver? G. No, because he don't look like Bigfoot Silver. Yes, he, he uh, kind of looks like Bigfoot Silver, G. I'm no, sorry. that's extremely disrespectful. <laughs> that is extremely disrespectful. <laughs> that is extremely disrespectful. <laughs> I was hoping you were talking about Bigfoot Silver. Stop. <laughs> so, oh, man. I hope she don't listen to nobody that she... Uh, well, we, yeah. No, if we, if we get my... Chris Jefferson said that, not Day Trail. Chris, he's the big guy in the photo, not the guy with all the hair. Chris Jefferson said that, not Day Trail. Nope, not a silch. I didn't say anything like that. Uh, we don't know be John Jones' next fight because he literally cleared that division. Um, so they probably just throwing fights at him now. Because uh, he, he, he just, like, there's nobody who can fight. And then Stipe is going to Stipe most likely goes against France and Nugano next uh, again. And if Nugano, uh, if he beats Nugano, Stipe will probably go against. Well, there's a good chance that Stipe goes against Daniel Cormier and they have a trilogy. Because both of them got knocked out. So they have yeah. a trilogy. And to see who's the best of best. Even though I think Stipe comes out with a W if they try to do that again. Because, you know, it's Stipe. Um, yeah. But that's that's the UFC fight coming up. But the biggest fight, yeah, it has to be Nate Diaz versus God darn Jorge Masvidal. That fight going to slap just too respectful. Like, Jorge Masvidal is not a trash talker. Like, that to the extent. He, he talk crap. But, you know, he ain't like that at all. It should be really, really good to see what they gonna, what they gonna come up with. Yep, definitely agree. So that's our UFC talk. So let's go ahead and get into basketball. So we're gonna open up basketball. Well, I'ma open up basketball with my NBA 2K20 impressions. So overall, I played. I'm gonna just give people an idea, like what I have done for these what past three and a half days since the game been out. Um, so I've played four regular play now games, one WNBA game. I'm in the uh I'm done with the story mode part of freaking uh my player and I played four of my part games. I wanted to get in a, uh either a rec or pro am game but couldn't get the chance. But uh, mainly because uh, I'm just going to outright say this now. Uh, those servers are still kind of cheeks. Um, it is what it is when it comes to that. They're, that's on 2K to fix. The freaking game came out freaking in September when it normally should be out at the end of September, October. So I'm, I expect them servers to be right. But uh, overall, though, so I'm going to say it plays 
a lot. It plays smoother compared to the demo. Like demo felt a little heavy, if that makes sense. Um, plays a lot smoother. Uh, they do a good. You you feel the difference with those additional badges because I would say playing with LeBron feels different than playing with Ben Simmons. It, if that makes sense. Like, in a way, they're the same player. But it was times last year where I'm like, Ben Simmons felt LeBron-esque, which makes him just as broken, just rated freaking 87 instead of 98 because of badges. Yeah. So there we go. So it's differences in that aspect and when it comes to that. Um, but that's one thing I like as well because those additional badges – it allows great it makes players that's actually really great more unique in their own way so so like james harden step backs is going to be different than a who's another player than maybe a clay thompson step back if that makes sense so stuff like that um but anyway so overall i like how the game feels each player actually feels like there's some weight to it and when they mentioned there's actual foot planting this actual foot planting in the game. Like you can't just, the players don't feel like they're sliding across the floor. Like normally, like it's still ice skate moments, but I feel like it's something you really can't control, uh, perfectly in sports games because just the amount of stuff it will take it. Like you literally want to probably do a two, three year development cycle for perfect foot planting and companies want that bread. So that's not going to happen. But that's a different dialogue for another day. But I like how the players move, feel, allows less cheesiness. Because I'm going to use an example in my park. Those goddamn dribble gods doing all that dribble crap. Because I had a couple of teammates in my 4-0 undefeated uh, streak, by the way. So if you want a nice, healthy player to play with, I'm that guy. Um, uh, that I had dribble gods who would literally almost cost us the game. To the point where my other teammate would say, here, you dribble. Because you're not going to act like a damn fool. Because literally they lo- either lost the ball or they would just literally run into the other team and be in a bad situation. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so. I, and when I was playing at your crib, you could tell by the way I was playing, I was scared to go between two players. Just because of not them tapping the ball, the knee collisions. Yeah. And the, the just the... Just the collisions in general make a person go out. And I think the the defense is going to be something to get used to in that game. And yeah. I'm not talking about the defense you have, the computer's defense, with them closing out on everything. They close out on everything. Yes. And it's like, something you're going to have to learn how to do as a player is to close out on everything as well because the computer punishes that. So, mm-hmm. it was from my experience, it was really good. It was frustrating. And Isaiah said the same thing. Uh, did it feel slow to you when you first started, like, the gameplay? Maybe it's just the way I played, but it felt – it didn't really feel slow. It just felt – you. the players feel like they actually have weight to them. That's the Yeah, it thing. felt like Ben Simmons felt extremely weighty, but he was fast. Yeah, like, that's the but thing. Like, you Harris, will feel the players' weight. Like, I was running – down the court with uh, Achilles injury, uh, 
Boogie. Um, Boogie. And that's one of the things, like, I've noticed because I played with the Lakers. Like, I played with – I try to play with different teams. So, like, when I, when I had LeBron – LeBron really felt like he had weight, but it's freaking LeBron goddamn James. So he's arguably still a top three athlete in the league. So he's going to blow by goddamn everybody. But mm-hmm. you felt the weight. But, you know, Anthony Davis is freakishly fast, but you could feel the fact that he's still a center, if that makes sense. So so those are the type of differences and stuff like I really like because the players actually have weight to them and goes back to the foot planting and all that because the players are actually looking like they're trying to be humans if that makes sense because like when you do an actual basketball move you kind of actually have to plant your feet stuff like that and they really stress that which lowers the amount of cheese because you can't really just try to dribble around people and all that like players are actually going to try to get into animations correctly so that's Mm -hmm. some of my points but yeah I like it felt it's more weight than it was. I would say it was slow, because I'm gonna use Zion as a prime example. Playing with Zion was fun as hell, by the way, very freaking fun. But he is an example of a guy who you feel the weight. That nigga is 285 pounds, but he moves still really well, like like a lower tier LeBron, damn near, in terms of just like. You feel the power in his steps because it's more explosiveness with him than it is would be speed. So examples like that. But uh one thing I will say gameplay wise, if you play positions correctly, like if you play the players correctly, you will be rewarded. Like I really enjoy playing point guard on this game. Like that's I end up making a slash and playmaker, so that's when normally I like to be a freaking miniature KD in a way. Or a more athletic freaking version of Paul Pierce, unfortunately, which has been my guy very unfortunately the past few years. But being more of a playmaker is rewarded because if you know how to make smart basketball decisions, watch the court, you feel rewarded. So like playing with Lonzo on the Pelicans, freaking I made literally Zion had twenty eight just by me making sure I'm making right basketball plays, set JJ Redick up for right plays and stuff like that. Like I had. A 15 assist game with uh, uh, with Lonzo, examples like that. LeBron, I had a 14. I, I had a freaking 20 and 14 game with LeBron. Like if you have a team with weapons and you have an actual playmaking like guard or passer on your team, it you will feel rewarded. Like somebody like playing with Draymond, like he's a play offensive. He's more of a playmaker. I'm sure you it's going to be rewards by literally setting up D'Lo, Steph, and play and running the offense right and this is another thing players move on the court the fact players move on the court is rewarding and even if you play with a team that's very half court isolation based like the rockets they will play like that especially when the ball is in harden's hand but they actually added or re-added offensive settings instead of just defensive coaching settings where you can actually set freelance plays so if you're the type of guy that don't like to set plays call plays and stuff you can actually have like three or four plays that they run automatically no matter what. So something to keep in mind of for like those guys who somebody like me, like I really don't like calling plays, but sometimes I would rather them just do it themselves. Shout out to Nature's dogs. Um somebody like me who like I'd rather my players move around. 
I want them to kind of do it themselves because I really rather if see the offense run itself. That's what I want. I want my players to move on their own. The Warriors play like the Warriors uh, and stuff like that. Even like to extent, I don't know what the hell the Lakers offense was, but when the ball wasn't in LeBron's hand, the team moved around. Stuff like that. So stuff to look out for. Um, overall, I enjoyed the game. Uh, they, I'm hoping that they don't listen to the community too much about stuff that's annoying outside of stuff that involves that needs to be fixed like the servers the servers need to be tightened up a lot um somebody said steals is a problem i've honestly probably recorded you said what i i I, and you was my witness i put that game on superstar and anything that if i got the ball stolen is because i play exactly yeah and that comes from a person who didn't touch that game in the beginning, I played, which was a dumb decision. I played the 76 And you, if anybody would be like, oh, man, the 76 is cold. Yeah. Let me know when the starter's tired. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody on that team, G. There's nobody on that team. Oh, yeah, the Lakers need a small forward. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was like, damn, G, I really don't got a forward. I had to run freaking Avery Bradley at uh, small forward at times. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, but yeah, um, I enjoyed the game. Really good. 2K, if anybody from 2K that listens to this, don't listen to the community and certain stuff involving gameplay stuff. It's nothing really broken. The only thing I would probably argue is broken is shot contesting. Is a too inconsistent. That's the only thing in layups are got here. To a point where literally mugs do whatever the hell they want. Shout out to them dogs. But mugs can literally make layups over anything. Like plain and simple. Like layups are a little too strong, but that's the only thing I would probably kind of have to nerf down is shot con- is or buff up is shot contests on layups because they literally make layups on those games on this game and it's annoying as hell. Like super annoying, especially on good contests. But um. But yeah, overall, I don't have no major complaints. It's, it's like it's good. Like if you one of those guys that want to wait, I'm not mad if you wait. I'm satisfied with my purchase so far. Uh, WNBA is very fun. Um, shout out to uh, the Amazon queen on his list, Cam Beige. I almost dropped a forty ball with her. Uh, but yeah, WNBA is really fun as well. More fun than live, actually. I'm gonna keep a G real about that. More fun than live. And now I said that's why live was worth four dollars was because of WNBA. So WNBA was really fun to play with on that uh, on as well, and just the one game I played. So, so yeah, that's it. I gotta say about that. So let's go ahead and uh, I know I said we were gonna do predictions first, but uh, let's give a quick recap of FIBA ball. Uh, so Team USA this week pretty much went through most of their uh, group pool. They struggled against Turkey to the point where I damn near screamed, um, screamed bloody murder on my way to work that day because them niggas damn near legit almost lost to Turkey with Ersan Ilyasova and my boy Seti the Young God of Cleveland. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. But I believe that was the reality check that they needed. They proceeded to play Japan, 
and dragged them niggas. I think they gave did they give them a forty ball? Who Japan? Yeah. Yeah, they get Japan a 40-ball. 40-ball. Yep. So, yeah, 40 they get a smooth 40-ball, man. So, you get, you get the 40-ball. 40 40 Baby, what you finna do for this 40-ball? So, and then they, I uh, think they had Greece. They played Greece. Uh, and literally, they said, they put Marcus Smart on Greek Freak. And they said, and the man did not know what to do. You know, he stopped 17, yeah. but still. It was like, look, nobody's going to beat us on this team but you. And they literally said that, and nobody else stepped up. So they did what they had to do. I think they play Brazil tomorrow. I believe. Yeah, they play uh, Brazil tomorrow to enter the knockout stage. And yeah, and then other things that happened actually today. Spain beat Serbia. What? Spain oh yeah, Jolti got ejected. No, I'm looking at it now for Serbia. Jokic played less than 17 minutes before he was ejected for arguing with an official. Yeah, he tweet. He tweet. And it wasn't like that. He was really, really mad. He probably said a car. Serbia. Yeah. And, uh, official was like, nigga, I know that. He because, said, yeah, um, yeah, I ain't know. If you look at the clip, it was like two seconds. Because yeah, like, they did hack that man for a jump ball. Hey man, feeble right. ball. Uh, but Boban Bodanovich had that dude's been scoring on people. G twenty six and ten <laughs> rebounds. And, damn, well he played thirty five. Yeah, what? He had twenty six, ten, six assists. What how? I don't know. Oh, I thought it was Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, Bodan. Like, what? Bo? Oh. No. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you talking about Boban. No, like, no, no. No. But yeah, so uh Argentina beat Poland, Italy and Puerto Rico went overtime, Italy won. Russia Venezuela, uh Russia won, Nigeria beat China, that's tough. Uh Iran beat Philippines. Uh trying to see any other Oh yeah, so uh France and <laughs> I noticed I saw this on Facebook solely because uh, I think Tyler shared it. So, but France beat uh, Lithuania in a controversial fashion because Rudy Gobert did a legal goaltending on a free throw, uh, which was something that should have been goaltending, uh, but they didn't call it, and France won and pretty much led to a bunch of chaos. So, uh, I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah, but so. that's Rudy Gobert. Can anybody expect anything solid from Rudy Gobert other than defense? Um, exactly. Wait, that was supposed to be defense, though, right? Yeah, that was defense, but literally, like, nigga, he didn't do the one thing he could do, right? Well, he, it, it won them the game because it because oh. yeah, like I think I forgot who, somebody from Lithuania was shooting a free throw that would have won them the game. Rudy Gobert, it ran, it hit the rim. Rudy Gobert tipped. The ball out. Oh. So he won them the game by doing some goofy stuff. Oh. And the Lithuanian That's coach was mad cool. as hell. And to the point where literally they sent home the referees of that game. They said them hitters was coming for them, G. <laughs> them hitters was coming. <laughs> they was about to get them up out of there, G. The Lithuanian killers, ones that caught. 
What did that call? Uh, uh, that nigga. Um, that was uh, the ones that call uh Porzingis lacking. Yeah, the ones that call Porzingis lacking. Hmm, that's tough. But yeah, so tomorrow USA plays Brazil, France plays Australia, and that's all the major games for tomorrow. And I think the next day starts the knockout round. So. The quarterfinals. So, but this is you know what's crazy. Serbia has been beating teams about I think forty until they met from uh, who is Spain. It, Spain, Spain. So, and yeah, like and I would say first close game and even Jokic, even I feel like even without Jokic they should have still gave Spain a better game than that, especially in crunch time. Like yeah, Spain's probably the most experienced team. All together because who they have, like uh, Marcus All, Rudy Fernandez, um, and uh, Ricky Rubio. But still, in terms of overall talent, that's non USA. Serbia probably has some of the better, like it's up there top three talent wise. That's why I'm a little surprised they got dragged the way they did. So it is what it is, though. So that's a nice twist, and that's one of those times you kind of need that L. Like our team USA kind of needed close games or almost failures. Kind of need those to build character. But uh, but yeah, so shout out to Team USA uh, for getting it together. Uh, and shout out to Spain humbling uh, Serbia. So we needed that for drama purposes. And also shout out to Giannis because you took a big fat L this whole week. You got uh, you let a dude named Bruno block your game winning alley oop, and then you uh, let Marcus Smart punk you. Crazy. And that's y'all. And if I'm sure Pavy from Hoops and Brews, if you're listening, G, you're excited as hell to see that literally Giannis holding these L's to further submit that your claim that uh that Harden was MVP. But I'm sorry, G, it just wasn't meant to be. But anyway, so let's go ahead and we're gonna get into our we're gonna start our season preview pretty much because our NBA season starts training camp starts I think in a week and a half. Um, yeah, I know. And then on top of that, and then pre-season it starts like two, three weeks, and then the NBA season starts like almost a month, month, a month, and a week from now. So, yeah. And then on top of that, and then pre-season it starts like two, three weeks, and then the NBA season starts like almost a month, month, a month, and a week from now. So, all right. So we uh had to in the season preview part of the episode a little abruptly because life happens and all of that. So we're back. We're going to uh, redo that whole uh, season preview. We're going to start with the Central Division, which is the division with the Bulls, the Bucks, Pistons, Cavaliers, and it's some other team I just can't goddamn think of right now. Nope, can't think of them right now. But that team, the Central Division, was won by the Bucks last year, of course. So, uh, more than likely, they're expected to win again. But we'll go ahead and start with the Chicago Bulls first, the hometown team for both of us. And I would say I look very much forward to this Bulls season in terms of as long as everybody stays healthy. That is overall key because last year – I said the Bulls could be a playoff team if they stayed healthy. 
and health was the biggest part of last year's failure. Mm-hmm. Plus, of course, the normal Garpex drama, which I hope for a season where it doesn't happen. Because I'm at at a point where it's like, I'm already fed up of Garpex, but it's like every season, it's drama with them. That just frustrates the hell out of me. But <clears throat> as long as I, when I look at the team roster, as long as Lori's healthy, Zach Levine is healthy, and it, this team can be fighting for an 8-7 seed, they could possibly make the playoffs. I wouldn't be upset if they don't. But this is a this is year three of the rebuild, and I feel like it's super duper important that they make a statement of we're here, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they have to make a statement this year. This is like the statement year of the rebuild, because if not, you have to. And this falls on Bulls ownership more than anything. You have to look at Garpacks funny in the face and like, what the hell are y'all doing? where this isn't prospering so that's my uh, my initial opening with uh, the bulls you go ahead and start yeah uh i totally agree with you i don't think they're playing this year just because if they all play our team i think it would be a really 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 close race so i mean i like the bottom half of the eastern conference playoff picture is like one or two games behind each other um, just to be really, really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like how it is in the West almost every year. Um, but I have a question. Has Garpax or any team member laid out the process for what they're trying to do? Wait, can you, I'm not, can you phrase that? I'm not getting. Like, how do you, have they laid out a process of what's the future to hold? You know oh. how they, this is what we want to see not just we want to be a playoff team not just we want to be a contender but what is the process and because the Bulls seem like one of the one of the mill teams though and that's the worst place to be like detroit and that's the sad part about garpax they it's like they make make it seem like they care about winning but with the bulls as long as to them mainly, because like the only way that they are actually going to get fired is if the Bulls stop making money, which is more on the fans. But like, gee, we when we worked at Adidas, bro, we had mugs all over the world going to see a trash Bulls team selling out games. The Bulls are still like a top three. You did, but it will have to take because like the media already slanders Garpax freaking daily, but it's more. They don't have, it's like they come up like, yeah, we want to be a tough competitive team when the idea of luring a superstar comes along, they paint a nice picture. They want to be in the buzz, but they don't want to move. It's like you could tell they're satisfied as long as we make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been their MO for years since uh, freaking John Paxson has took the position. Of being, uh, I think he's v- v- uh, present in basketball operations. So it's that's been his mo. As long as we're fake competitive, as long as Mugs has come to the games, we're good. Like the Derrick Rose era was pure. Oh crap! We wasn't expecting to be this damn good. Now we gotta spend mm-hmm. money. Now I have to. But like the fact that it's like Derrick Rose in, getting hurt, 
was a blessing and a curse to them at the same time because it was like, hey, this could save us our jobs for the next five, seven, ten years because, hey, this bad leg exploded when we didn't expect it to explode. So, but yeah, it's like they can lay out a nice picture, but by the time you notice it, it's like, gee, you're not doing what is necessary. Like, they could sit there and say, hey, we hope to make the playoffs. Okay, Russell Westbrook becomes available. No, we don't want to make a trade for him. Nigga, what? <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, stuff like that. Is it a more of uh, they want to hold on to their chip for guaranteed success? It could be that. It could be also just because at the end of it's like, it's so weird. They missed out on the last generational talent in Zion, so we probably won't see that for another five years. Exactly, if that, like we, there's we, we're not seeing no rumblings of like a new high school dude, if anything. So, so mm-hmm. like, and then the only big person in this upcoming draft is Lamelo Ball. Ew, Lamelo can hoop. I know Lamelo is the best out of the Brown brothers, but ew. Yeah, like Lamelo, that's it. Like literally, like when I listen, like Lamelo is Lamelo, and that's it. So it's like, and you don't really need another point guard, shooting guard type guy because your backcourt set with Kobe White and Zach Levine. So, mm-hmm. like when you look at the roster, in terms of young pieces, we're set in every position. Otto Porter's a small forward, so it's like more like okay, prove yourself now. So yeah, that's yeah, that's just thing with the Bulls, like especially with guard packs. It's like, okay, here's everything you need. Now do something with it. That's kind of what they do, even if it's the bears and minimals. That's the mm. frustrating thing about dealing with them. Like, that's why it's like I want to be optimistic, saying they can make a playoff, make the playoffs. But at the same time, I just they they are literally the reason why the Bulls remain like that middle of the road type team at the very best. Yeah, I understand. Yes. Yeah, so. I know. I tell, it's, it's crazy, though. With a big city that we have, you'd think we... Because almost every, every big city has a popping sports team in some aspect. And we kind of got it with the Bears. The Cubs are... Eh. And now the Bulls are just poopy. But on the other side of the spectrum, like if you want to go to Big Four, the big city in the South, the Texas, they got Houston. Then you got the big city in the West. Uh, I mean, the big state in the West, when you California, they got Lakers and Clippers. Exactly. Um, New York has Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And we supposed to represent the Midwest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. Kind of so, crazy. It really is. It's unfortunate, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's it with the Bulls. Um, hopefully to make the playoffs, and plus we're hosting an All Star game. I'm I'm hoping either Zach or Lori make it. I think somebody has to represent. Like they gave Kimba the nod, so I feel either Zach or Lori will have the numbers to make it at the very least. 
at the very least. Like if they're fighting in a by the time around the voting starts, if they're in the between seven and nine, ten seed, I could see mm-hmm. one of them making it. If they're in the seven seed, it's a possibility that both could make it. Honestly, it's possible. It's a hot take, but it's possible. So, uh, moving on, mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So, pretty much, they have nothing to really play for this year. Colin Sexton is in his second year. Darius Garland's their rookie. They're going attempt to remake uh, the Dame and CJ backcourt of the East. It's all I know is try to trade Kevin Love. Try to trade Tristan Thompson. That should be the goal of this season. Try to get as many assets as you can. If you if you got to take a bad veteran contract for a year or two, go ahead and do so. But you can get something for Kevin Love. He's worth a lot, especially to a right contending team. You can get something for Kevin Love. Tristan Thompson's in his last year in his contract, and he showed last year that he can still be a very serviceable player, especially on a contending team that needs a big. Tristan Thompson can be that for a lot of teams right now. So... If I'm Cleveland, I see them tanking. I don't see they probably gonna be one of the top five worst teams in the league this year, easily. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you have the young pieces of Garland, Sexton. You still have uh, Jordan Clarkson. You still have Larry Nance Jr. Uh, and Seti is there as well. So, and I'm a big Seti guy. So I'm hoping to see him prosper more this year. But you want if you want to fully accept the rebuild, you have to kind of get rid of the remaining championship guys, which is Thompson and Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we don't really have to talk about the market for Kevin Love because it's, it's a nice market. Out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can really get some assets back. Guys sometimes make you wish... The Lakers had space to get them, but it's just not gonna happen. Low uh, key, that would be oh. nice for them. If, but it's like you don't really have. If you get give up a lot for Kevin Love, you really won't have much of an actual squad, like a bench, and that's kind of what you want to kind of have around both AD and Brown right now. Yep. And plus, exactly. you have to get rid of Kuzma at this point, and. You got to keep some some type of young piece to have for AD later on. Yeah, exactly. So. Can't be Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they still need a small forward. We'll get to that when we get to the Lakers. But um, yeah. but yeah, so that's Cleveland. Nothing much else to talk about. Detroit is probably arguably the most interesting team in the Central Division in my book. Do I have them winning this division? Hell no. But can they they can easily be a top four, top five seed. And it falls on more on how Dwayne Casey chooses to handle his point guard situation. Do you keep Reggie Jackson as your starting point guard? In my book, you better not. That's not very smart. Like, I remember listening to a podcast, I think it was Hoops and Bruce, I'm not sure. But they referred to Reggie Jackson as a mid version of Russell Westbrook before uh before he started getting triple doubles. 
and no I was fun like, no girl. And that's tragic. <laughs> that's very tragic. So this is actually quite being nice to how mid that nigga Ray Jackson. He really is. Right. He's really mid. He's like, like a what's bad, the difference between like, Reggie Jackson and freaking Moutier? I would honestly rather have Moutier on my team than Red. Wow. Moutier has shown a lot the past couple of years, so. Like, That's wild. It is. It's very Moutier much Moutier better than get ticked when he was on New York, dog. That's New York. That's hey, wild. He last year. That's why huh? he got signed to the Jazz this year. He got ticked. That, that's wild. Hey, man. That's wild. I'm not ashamed of it either. I'm not ashamed of it. But this team is going to go as far as Derrick Rose. I won't say as far as Derrick Rose, but it's more like if Derrick Rose starts and plays more than 60 games, which I think he's capable of at this point. Like I feel like he has a feel of what his limitations are. And a benefit of it is also... There was points last year where he had to be the second option for that team, for the Timberwolves, because Wiggins is mid. But on this team, he is, on most nights, should be the third option. But also doesn't have to play with the same intensity some nights. So, like, because you got Blake Griffin, you have Andre Drummond, and I have high hopes of Luke Kennard. But, but like, not to the point where he should be a third option. He should be a fourth option. But mm-hmm. to a extent where it's like Derrick Rose d- doesn't feel like he needs to drop 20 because I'm not expecting Andre Drummond to give me a freaking 20, 22 a night. But there would be nights where he would just do that solely off the fact that he's Andre goddamn Drummond. He's bigger than everybody else, and he's going to get the offensive rebound. So... But uh, the key in all of it is I feel like starting Derrick Rose, getting something for Reggie Jackson, because I feel like they can get a uh, they can get some a better bench score. Because I wouldn't want Reggie Jackson leading my bench either. Like I just want Reggie Jackson off this team, playing and simple. Just get him off the team. Just bye. Who won this match? Stone Cold's coming out. I don't know why. Uh, the fiend. It's fiend time. Yeah, so if Sonko gets a freaking claw on his uh, throat, I'm going to laugh. Um, but overall, I have the Pistons being a top five seed, top four seed. No, top five, top five. But at the very lowest, they might be a seventh seed if Blake and Derrick Rose can't stay healthy. And if they don't get anything for uh, Reggie Jackson. Hmm. Yeah, uh, for me, um, I got the Pistons being the same position it was at last year. AC? Probably higher. It was AC last year? Yeah. I probably got Indiana in the AC, so not mine. Because um, then Brooklyn would, be, Brooklyn would have to be the seventh seed because Kyrie going to carry them to at least the seventh seed. Um. Hmm. So I'll probably say uh, just because Pistons, just because they have a full roster. The only reason I'm saying they'll probably be 
a higher position than Kyrie and the Brooklyn because Kyrie couldn't lead a Celtics team to a good season. So he's going to have a tough time with that Brooklyn team who don't have as much talent as that Celtics team. But they're a better constructed team. That's something to think about. For Kyrie, though? You're pretty much replacing, you're turning Angelo Russell into Kyrie. Kyrie Irving, and but it's kind of the same thing. That but that's for that's for Brooklyn's sake, but for Kyrie's sake, is that a different situation in terms of players? Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Is you yeah, that's why I'm going like. I get what you're saying. We don't really want to dig too deep into this because Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and, but in terms of roster construction. They may not be as talented, yeah, because, like, Karis LeVert, well, honestly, I would argue probably that Karis LeVert and Jason Tatum is probably equal. I would, that's a hot I don't take. Know, man. That's a I hot take. I, I just don't. But know. before Karis LeVert was, got, broke his foot last year, he was averaging a smooth 20 ball. I don't know. Look, man, I don't know. Yeah, he was, like, it's, like, that's a, I know, I know, but. Look. I would agree with you if I knew the answer to that. And that's, just, that's just from what I saw of Karis LeVert last season before his foot exploded. And then he even had uh, a good first-round series against Philly. Like, I think he averaged 20, a little over 23. So, but let's go back to who the hell we was talking about? The Pistons? So. No. Yeah. Oh. Because we, we, we'll be talking about Brooklyn when we get to talk about Brooklyn. My bad. Um, but, yeah, I see the Pistons in that spot. They should do good. I don't know. I just think you put Ray Jackson on the bench and you put D. Rose. Or you keep D. Rose on the bench. And you – um. but Ray Jackson play the dog, the most limited minutes known to man. Like, real talk. Um, so – that's, that's kind of how I would you might look. as well get rid of him, G. That's my point. Just, <laughs> if you got him, look, you might as well get think, rid of him. I don't think Derrick Rose can. How would I say this? If you think I don't think Derrick Rose can be do a starter minutes. starting point guard in today's league, I think he can help close with the team. But I don't think he can be the. I get yeah, you. I just. I I get what you're uh, saying. Like I'm not yeah, mad I, at that. I think he could be a starter on this team because he does his. He won't have to hold on to the ball that much. If 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 you get what I'm saying, like Blake Griffin's probably gonna be the primary ball handler. Then him. I think Luke Kennard played some point guard in college. Was he on that? What team was Luke Kennard on again in college? Duke. I'm sure he ran some mm-hmm. point. I'm positive he ran some point. So, it's enough ball handlers where it's like he doesn't have to bring the ball up every possession and all of that. That's why I feel like he can. Honestly, I don't know why the hell they got rid of Ish Smith. Me either. Like, if they kept Ish Smith. On this team, while still having Derrick Rose and Reggie Jackson, you, you, I wouldn't be mad at you saying Derrick Rose doesn't need to start. He could just come off the bench and do what he do and then close out with the team, which will make sense logically. But 
like if that's the like that's why I feel like you trade Reggie Jackson and you try to get either a, a solid combo guard or a solid combo guard or you got to get like a wing that has really good playmaking capabilities because their one weakness on this team is they really don't have a really good perimeter wing player guard forwards shooting guard small forward type guy Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I it, I think this is going to be something. The uh, by December, we have figure out if Reggie Jackson need to be traded. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. I have able to trade. because I think they're going to start the season with Reggie Jackson starting. But mm-hmm. definitely, it, it's a good chance that he may lose his job by December. And then they're gonna give him probably a month to see if like, hey, if you if you can work the six man thing out or not. If not, we calling folk. We'll call up some folk. We'll call Dallas up. Hey, we'll take Tim Hardaway Jr. Hey, ring a ding ding. Uh, see, I'm trying to think of a team that has some. Nah, hell no. Nah. I can't even think of no freaking. Well, call up the Knicks. They got a bunch of freaking wings that they just got for no reason. Just because it sounded nice. So, so stuff like that. Like it's people available that they could probably finesse for. I don't know what. I don't even know what team Jay Crowder's on. Think about getting Jay Crowder. Ain't he on Utah? He probably is. I just don't feel like looking up to see. But I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. So. So, yeah. So, uh, Detroit. uh, Indiana Pacers. So, the Pacers is another interesting situation. They've added Malcolm uh, Malcolm Brogdon. They also uh, added uh, TJ McConnell and TJ Warren. And you already know I'm a big TJ Warren fan, uh, so only TJ Warren fan. Probably the only one. Respect. He'll probably appreciate mm-hmm. me. Oh, they also got Jeremy Lamb. I did not know that. That's they pretty nice much took a lot of dudes. If the Lakers wasn't freaking nut hugging Kawhi's nuts, would be perfect for their team. I think Quinn Cook will be a nice backup guard for the Lakers. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way, but like they have dudes who you know if. The Lakers said, yo, Kawhi, hold our nuggets. We're about to just build a team, you know. But um, I would say because you, you add in a new pieces and all the depot isn't going to be back until until probably November, December. Like, let me see if I can find something on all the depot. If you want to go ahead and talk about them, go ahead. Pacers, go ahead. Uh, I just think that uh, they're going to really miss. The Serbian nigga. I can never get his last name right. Uh, one of the Bogdanovich brothers. And he is balling and whatchamacallit. No, that's his. Brother. No, that's the one on the Kings that's balling. Oh, that's one of the Kings balling? Yeah. Look, dog. Look. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I just had to get the correction. <laughs> it is, it's so hard to tell these niggas apart. Okay? Literally, their name is Bogot and Bojan. Exactly. That is worse than control of the day trip. <laughs> low key, low key, man. 
Uh, that's like that's like your mom naming you and your brother Christian and Christopher. Yeah, that would probably piss me the hell off. <laughs> that would piss me the hell off. Because <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, ma, this ain't it. I don't know why you thought of this. Uh, and me and him would probably have a fight just to say one of us is going to be remaining the Chris and insert whatever <laughs> afterwards. Somebody getting a name change. So, Oladipo actually has a ruptured quad tendon. Let's Ooh. see. Projector recovery, six to nine months. So, he's hoped to be back by December, January. Dang. Okay, so. Like oh, base- that's season, ain't it? Huh? He didn't have a season off, didn't he? Yeah, because he got hurt in January. He got hurt in January, like a week before they announced that he made the all-star team and everything. So, yeah, that's a whole year that's expected. Like, I think they just want to make sure he's healthy because even before he ruptured his quad, he was having knee problems beforehand. He was playing off and on on it. It was weird. And then once he started getting the groove, his, his quad ruptured. So... But I would say that they have to start. They're going to be one of those teams because they're adding a lot of new pieces. And you hope, you got to hope that for one, Miles Turner takes a lot from learning from Pop and a lot from what he's been doing in FIBA because he's been probably under, he's been underrated, one of the low key having a really good feeler. Like he's been very good on this team so far. And mm-hmm. he actually takes the step necessary for them to remain 500. Like, he kind of actually has to be, like, all-star level for them to even remain 500. Like, yeah, you have Sabonis. Brockton is there. But Miles Turner's... Which, which Brockton might take a huge... Yeah. Like, he's, he was, like, the fourth man on Milwaukee. Now he like some nights he was the fourth man. It would be some nights where he was second. Like that's just how freaking good he is. So, so he's gonna take he's gonna take a huge. Yeah, like he might f around depending on like how things go, uh, way how they decide to start the season. Uh, He may literally like go ahead yell at them dogs. All right, they stop. Hey, shut up. I don't know why they. I'd be, be scary as heck thinking people coming by my door. Door not locked. It's gonna be four niggas walking through the door and just. Now just three. Mm. <laughs> now just two. Hey. Now just me. Hey. hey. But um, yeah, I think Brogdon's gonna take it. If Brogdon take a big leap, this is gonna be good for um, when Auto Depot come back. Yeah. That backcourt gonna be something to deal with. Dog. Exactly, cause they. Literally, in a way, they're kind of the same player, damn near. But Oladipo, his athleticism may take a hit uh, from the start. Brogdon on ball defense is Clay Thompson esque, dog. Very, he's very underrated defensively, and Oladipo is very underrated defensively. But um, I would say, like Brogdon's won't have if he if Brogdon averages twenty or close to twenty because with the way their system is, you don't like you could. Anybody can be the number one scoring option in a way if Oladipo's not there. But mm-hmm. you still have uh, 
Lewis Sabonis who can uh, give out buckets, uh, who can off the bench. So and he could get he can drop twenty easily any given night. Brock is another guy who could give you twenty any given night. Uh, like they added Jeremy Lamb who's solid. T.J. Warren can give you fifteen a night if possible. Uh, fifteen and a few other things a night. So you have people who can score, and their role. Um, and one thing I will give. Uh, what's the goddamn coach name? Nate McMillan. Props for is. He lets people touch the ball. Even when Oladipo was there, like, people was touching the ball and was able to score. They were very defensively sound, but they did a solid job replacing uh, Bojan than I expected when I actually look at their roster because I had a feeling they were just going to miss him. They may miss his, I would say, pesk-like presence on defense because he's not a, the best defender. Not even going to call him a great defender but he was good enough and he was just a pest so it's like you're gonna miss that in little ways but offensively you got people who can bring what he brought overall so like i think they're gonna start the season at 500 you want to stay at 500 when old depot gets back and then when he gets back you were fighting for the seven eighth six seed hmm. that's just my look i gotta touch what would you think about? Because Samuel Nick McMillan, he did an awesome job. What do you think if the NBA added a team all coaching? A what? Uh, all coaching first team. That would be pretty dope. Like it would be a good way to give respect to, Everybody like, get a good idea of who's the actually great coaches. If that makes yeah. sense. Like even yeah. like, so yeah. That would be something nice to actually like a way to honor all the coaches. Of course, you still gonna have your coach of the year, but it'd be a yeah. good way to be like, well, here is like the act who we thought were actually the five. I would only do a first team. Like, there's no point in really doing a second team because yeah, exactly. then it gets a little reachy. You might play face. Also, if I see pop second team just because team is like the goddamn eighth seed or something, I probably will scream. But exactly. like, yeah, exactly. So. I wouldn't be mad because it'll be a good way to actually it'll show who actually pays attention to like, yo, this dude is actually a good coach and a great coach and not just he has a bunch of talent and he just does the bare some minerals. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's something I would definitely I would definitely it's like that. Lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't like it. And unless it gives somebody like Nate McMillan probably going to go underrated because nobody knew how how he turned Indiana around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep, definitely agree. Uh, so, anything you want to add about the Pacers? Nah, man, you catch it, but they're going to miss that nigga that went to the Jazz. Whatever. Yeah. Bojan or Borgon. Bojan. Bojan? Yeah, that's Boyan. What a guy! I swear to God. Who the heck? Look, I'm sorry, niggas from Serbia probably already got the hit going. But look, come on, dog. Yeah, shout to the Pacers. I'm looking forward to watching. All right, and then we'll close this out with the Bucks. Uh, had the number one seed last year. They 
and of course the one division last year as well. So mm-hmm. uh, they did lose. Uh, Mark Malcolm Brockton was the key loss, but they retained uh, Brooke Lopez while also adding Chris Middle. Uh, not Chris. I mean uh, Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez, and Kyle Corford to the team. And it added Dragon Dragon Bender, so you talk about Atlanta, right? My bad. The I Bucks. The Bucks. Bucks. Oh yeah, they did add. Oh, yeah. I think the Bucks. Hmm. Crazy thing is, I think Philly takes number one. Seat. The one seed this year, mm-hmm. but I do think Bucks still win their division easily. I think I think Philly has the best record in the league. While the Bucks have the second best record in the league, so you think the um, West is—I mean, the East is going to have the top two seeds regardless. Yeah, I—I I just think the West is going to be wild. Yeah, it's going to get disrespectful. <laughs> the West is going to be disrespectful. I, I think, think the West. I think the Clippers just get it out of just how great of a doc. I don't want to go on about some teams until we get them. Just real quick, I think the Clippers is going to be the number one seed in the West just how because of how great a coach Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. But that's if, barring any injury from literally anybody on the Clippers. Supposedly, Paul George isn't starting the season, but we'll say that for later. <laughs> what you say? Paul George isn't supposed to be, uh, is, might miss out the beginning of the season. Ooh, 40 ball. Um, but yeah, back to uh, Milwaukee. Um, I like it. I kind of wish they would have did more moves, like not give Chris Middleton all that money. But like, you know, hopefully he came over his playoff jitter. Uh, hopefully he can, you know, play at an all-star caliber like he did last time. Um, and, yeah, Greek Freak is going to have another MVPS season, barring injury, which I don't think – I think he has one of those, you know, homo bodies that just will keep him from getting injured. Uh, I did not like how I said that after I said bodies. But – um. Yeah, he's yeah, um, been fairly a healthy guy since he's been in yeah. the league. Who knows? He probably touched his ankle a couple times, and we just didn't know. Tied his um, shoe. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Milwaukee Bucks is really, really good. As long as they don't be like, I live and die by the three team, they should be really, really good. Exactly. Uh, I agree. They should be top two at the very worst a top three seed in the east um at the very worst um the key for them will be Giannis taking another step like I'm not gonna sit there and be the usual he gotta shoot more I would say for him it's actually having more moves offensively if that makes sense like it it could whether it's a a post move or a even a freaking post fade or something. Something. You need something yeah. where that isn't. I'm about to literally drip once I get the ball in the middle of the court. I'm about to literally just run through you. And I may give you a spin move. Keyword may. Just to mix it up. Or as Pabby calls it, he's. Giannis is part of the halfback dive crew. Literally, I'm, I'm going to just run through the. Uh, run and hope get to the hoop, pretty much. So. Mm-hmm. Like that would be helpful for like the Bucks offense as a whole if Giannis has more moves. Like he already attempts 
two, three, three, two or three threes a game. So I don't need him to shoot more than that until he's consistent enough in that department. But I just want him to have more moves offensively. So when he does get guarded by the Kawhis, the Jimmy Butlers, Ben Simmons, trying to think of good guards in the East. Um, Marcus Smart, cough, cough, FIBA. He has a go-to move to work with. Like LeBron has his little post fade. He has a couple of post moves he does. He has his little step back in the mid-range three-point line that he does. Giannis kind of needs to start developing that. So, um... But yeah, but also I feel like somebody who needs to have a very good season on this team has to be Eric Bledsoe. I already called them out for not being actually a first team all defense nigga. Like that was shenanigans at his very finest. And he benefited from being Giannis's freaking uh, homie when it comes to that in my book. But he just got a contract extension. Shout out to Rich Paul. And now... And it was a point in the playoffs. George Hill was outplaying you. No slight to George Hill. He Ooh. is a solid point guard. If I and wanted a solid a point throw, guard, I would love George Hill. Game one in the finals. Yeah, besides. Yeah. We're not going to go there. I don't think LeBron wants to talk about that. The rest <laughs> of the game. But there's no reason why that there was points where you were unplayable. And you are a guy that just got, we gave you seventy million dollars. We need you on the court. We need you to be good. We need you to be great. We need you to be our number two or three option if Chris Middleton isn't filling it. That's what we need. So, because overall, I really like the construction of this team. Like, I really liked how, like, knowing they that they have to give Giannis freaking two hundred fifty million dollars. So it's like we're going to work what we can get. You got the other Lopez brother. So when Brooke comes off the court, Robin could play inside and actually get rebounds. There might be times where you could play both of them plus Giannis because Brooke Lopez wants to shoot goddamn threes. So you could play him like a small forward on offense. So and then Wesley Matthews is a solid shooter. Trying to make sure Kyle Corver, top three shooter of, of our generation, and like you, and you might be able to get something out of Dragon Bender, plus George Hill still on your team, so they have a solid. Oh, and Ursan Ilyasova's on their team, so they have a solid team, really good team, like and plus Budenholzer is a good coach. It's just he gets he gets a little questionable come playoff time, as you say, Mike Budenholzer coach teams. <laughs> <laughs> as you say so and that's becoming more and more of a thing and Mike Budenholzer just probably has to prove you wrong at this point anytime <laughs> Mike Budenholzer proves me wrong when he is lifting that nice and powerful golden trophy above Greek Freak's head hey so that, and literally they should they, they will be competing for the finals like it's honestly realistically it's demo Philly coming out the East this year it's demo the film. crazy thing is, as much as I like, and I'm sorry for going off again because you made me think about something. As much as I like the Clippers being the favorite 
to win. It is literally anybody's title this year. Yeah, easily. Until Kevin Durant comes back and you have a team of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which you just probably can't do nothing about. If Kevin Durant he comes back 80%, so, uh, you just can't do nothing about that. Um, but, yeah, because, like, I don't know if, if Kawhi by himself can stop both Three Creek, I mean, Joel, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. And and I know he did it before, but that game went that game went to seven with a, uh, the most luckiest game winner known to man. So dog, why are you trying to do a FaceTime? So yeah. So I I look I'm, look. I think if Greek Freak really the next big thing, my man runs through the East with his woes to the finals. And no one stops him. I think that's I think that's my 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 what's that that mama mentality thing for Greek Freak that Kobe said he want people to do. And Kobe um, did challenge him. He has his challenge to Giannis was win a ring. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think my challenge to him is to get to the finals this year. Yeah. And don't lose to a nigga with freaking braids in the back. Well, that's if the guy yeah. braids in the back gets there. That's the thing. Like, yeah. like we'll, we'll probably end up doing the, what you'll call it, uh, we'll do East and West alternate, but uh, we'll do, yeah. what's the name? Damn, that Pacific Division about to be a war zone. Uh, we'll do the Pacific, Man, Pacific Division next week. So, that's going to be a dialogue in itself. Um, along with next week, we also want to uh, recap um, Clash of Champions. So that's that's gonna be a long, exciting episode. So be ready to sit down, listen to us for two hours again. But it's gonna be worth it because you guys love us. So uh, also, uh, as we're closing out, I want to give a shout out to one of Byron's homies because I'm not sure which one of Byron's homies actually liked. Dion. The, uh, probably was Dion. I don't know. Hold on. Let me see. Can I? They show me who just. Joint. Here we go. Total likes. Come on now. That thing. Why is this so damn difficult? You know what? But more than likely you're listening. But if one of Byron extras homies just uh like the No Chill uh, Media page on Facebook, appreciate it, G. That's love right there bro so you're rocking with us but um please make sure you do follow the uh do as uh folks did follow the note media uh facebook page as well as follow soundcloud and uh spotify page and hopefully by the time this episode comes out because apple takes a up to two weeks the freaking su- accept a submission for a podcast Hopefully, we'll be on Apple uh, Podcasts real soon as well. God dang, they take forever. Um, but we appreciate you guys for listening. Much love uh, on the real, like, for real, much, much love. And we appreciate you guys in every way possible. Uh, new podcast, uh, Club No Chill, on the way as well, coming real, real soon. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And peace. Aviva Zen. All right.